Um, last week we spoke about understanding times and seasons, and we will just wrap that uh, today. But uh, just want to do a quick recap. We read First uh, Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 to 34 as our main text, where we were looking at the sons of Issachar and the sons of Zebulon. The sons of Issachar were people who were able to understand the times uh, and also they knew what was needed to be done. But the sons of Zebulon were people who went out to battle and they were experts in war and they were skilled in weaponry and they were stout-hearted men. So these were the guys who were able to keep rank and if you had them, you knew that the mission would be accomplished. So today we just want to talk about how then to balance the two, understanding the seasons, understanding what God is doing in our hearts, understanding what God is exposing around us and in our hearts, and aligning that with what God wants to do. Amen. The, 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 the truth is, uh, there, there is something that God wants to do with us as a family, as a spiritual family. But also there is something that God wants to do with us as individuals. And, and, and this message is, is not speaking mainly on what we need to do corpor- corporately as a spiritual family. But it talks about how we as individuals have to understand and analyze what God is saying in our lives and in our space. So that when we come together as a spiritual family, we are able to align what God has been uh, speaking in our, in our hearts individually to what God is speaking to us as a spiritual family. I'm not sure if I'm making sense. So, so, so it, it is important that we balance the two. Sometimes we, we get tempted to think uh, what God is speaking to me is what God is speaking to you directly. God knows my shoes. And you will highlight something that will fit in within my shoes, but the picture will be the same. So if it's a season of building, it is a season of building. But in building something, there are different people that are there. It's like baking. When, whenever you are baking a cake, uh, there are many ingredients, and they don't sound the same. And besides ingredients, you need some tools. You need some utensils. Uh, to make sure that everything is there. Even in eating the cake, because some of us are, are, are called to consume the cake, <laughs> while others are called to bake the cake. Auntie Claire knows it very well. She is called to, to make the cake. I am called to eat the cake. <laughs> so even in eating the cake, I need some tools. I, I, need, I need a plate. I need a fork. So, so, those are, so in whatever that we are building, each one of us, are a critical component in what God wants to build. So whether we're talking about issues of, of God dealing with something around issues of race, issues of, issues of family, we all have a role to play. The devil sometimes will try and, and intimidate us and say, no, this is too huge for me. I don't fit in. How do I belong here? So when we talk about understanding times and seasons, it's when we are able to hear what God is saying to you specifically within the bigger picture. Amen. So, I want us to, to look into... Uh, maybe there is a picture that uh, is up there. Um, I want to start from this picture. Uh, this picture uh, says we spend more time staring at our phone screens and then gazing at the beauty of creation of nature around us. But I want to start by saying we are tempted also as believers to spend our time focusing on things that are so self-centered, individualistic, my growth, my prosperity, my nourishment, my spiritual health, and we neglect the bigger things that God is busy with. I, I was glad this week uh, to follow some chats where uh, Sobs was dealing with uh, something at work and it became a gospel message. And he was dealing with something at work, it became a gospel message. That, that's how it should be. We, we, we don't have to put on our preaching suits 
uh, or our, our, our Christian garments uh, and, 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 and be, and bring all the Christian doms and all, uh, the, 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 um, what are these things? All of the theological terms and big words and, 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 and even the posture, uh, the holy posture, uh, even the holy vocab. Ah, because, uh, no, my God. No, we don't even have to put all those things. In our simplicity, in our authenticity, we need to be able to create a space for the gospel to start manifesting in whatever space we are in. It, it, it doesn't have to be uh, in a suit or, or in, a, in, a, in an afro shirt. It, it has to be coming in whatever it is. But how then do we align? We cannot align what God is saying to what needs to be done unless we deal with the lies. So we need to confront the lies with the truth. Because, unfortunately, what we looked at last week, we were looking at a lot on what is wrong around us. And some of it, it is something that is wrong because we have, we, we have neglected our role and our function as believers, and we have not played our role, which we are given by God, to have dominion, to have influence and authority over all that is created. But the second part is that the lies of the enemy have crippled us. We feel overwhelmed, we feel overpowered, we feel like we are not able to deal with things because the lies are very loud. And today we just want to look at few lies in Scripture that were once there. But we know the Bible says the truth shall be known. We must know the truth, we shall know the truth, and it is the truth that will set us free. One writer said, rather break my heart with the truth than keep me comforted with a lie that will eventually destroy me. So sometimes speaking the truth or exposing the truth or looking into the truth is scary because the truth is painful at times. It is painful because it helps us to know what we need to do. If we run away from the truth and if we don't want to hear the truth, we end up not knowing what we need to do because the lies, they are very good in keeping us asleep. Hmm? So, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 10, we are just going to be focusing on, on, on 1 Samuel 17 today. We are just going to dwell there, and, and that's where we are going to be. And, and the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all the Israel heard these words, of the, of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. This is the story when the Israelites went to war with the Philistines. And while they were preparing their armies, they were chanting, uh, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were saying whatever uh, to declare war and readiness. And then while they were waiting to say, okay, let's go for it, they would go with their... With their swords and with their there were no guns at that time so with whatever tools that were used or weaponry that was used for 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 battle this guy said whoa let's not do it that way let's do it (laughs) one-on-one and he said look give me one man and we'll just fight we'll battle whoever wins has won the battle give me just one man and and when they look at the posture and the magnitude or the stature of this guy, they were intimidated. And the Bible says they feared and they trembled. He started teasing them. He started insulting them. He would keep on saying things, but they, they were trapped at what he appeared to be. This reminds me of the 12 spies that went uh, to, to, to spy the, 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 the promised land. And the ten of them, when they came back, they, they knew the truth. They did report the truth, but the truth to their minds and to their eyes seemed very small and insignificant compared to the lies. They, they reported to say, no, we saw the land, it is filled with milk and honey. And the fruit of the land are beautiful, but hey, we can't possess the land. Because the people of that land are very strong and they are very mighty. 
And when we looked at them and we looked at ourselves, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. So in other words, they created a perspective. They created a perspective of who they are. They forgot who took them out. Because they saw the magnitude. The, the, muscle, with, was, the muscle that they saw was too loud. It spoke to their hearts. It brought in fear. So in other words, the lies of the enemy, they bring fear in our lives. Sometimes we are scared even of, of, of reaching out to certain people because we are not sure how they are going to respond. Because the evidence of danger is too loud. <laughs> and we end up not trusting what God has in our hearts. I, I, I've struggled with this one, where I feel helpless every time I am trying to reach out to a homeless person. The first question is, if this person comes to Christ, what next? So if this person says, I, I accept this Christ, so how do I go home and sleep in my comfortable bed, knowing that this person that I've given Christ, that I've exposed to Christ, I have not given another solution. So the devil can intimidate you. You'll end up seeing a homeless person, but you'll end up going like, Ish, I don't have the answer. <laughs> so in other words, the, the, the devil will play into our minds with things that are there, that are visible. He will, he will bring something that even when we talk about it, we, we scratch our heads, we think, yeah, but really how, how do we reconcile the two? So with these guys, they, they, were, not, they were not cowards. What they saw here was really a giant. Some people call me a giant. They are not, I'm nowhere close to a giant. I am, I am just a toddler of a giant. <laughs> this guy was huge and big and very skilled in fighting battles. He was very militant and he was very confident in what he wanted to do. So when he spoke, I believe... Because I, 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 I am married to a person who has a very interesting uh, imagination, very dramatic uh, imagination. So I, I, I'm getting there now. <laughs> so I started picturing this whole thing using my wife's lenses of drama. <laughs> and I could see that this guy was, was even, he would say, yay, and the voice would be like, yo, something will happen within them. So he, he played to their music. They danced to his music. He played to their amusement. Yes, something like that. So, so they ended up not seeing the bigger picture. Their perspective switched. If you look at this picture that is coming up here, we see two people who are in a very close distance. They're in the same pool. The other one is saying... It's deep. The other one is saying, no, it's not. And it really depends on where you're standing. Whenever we, we look at the issues of what is wrong in our society, it depends on where we're standing. Are we standing in our strength or are we standing upon the rock? The guy who's standing upon the rock is saying, no, it's not deep. <laughs> it's not deep. But the other guy who's standing right next to him, but he's not on the rock, he's on, he's on the ground, he's on the sand. He's right inside there in trouble. He's feeling the, the depth of it. What am I saying? Sometimes we need to, to allow God to move us from the situation even though it is deep, it is messy, it is chaotic. We see the, 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 the effects of it to move into the platform of what God wants to do. So yes, we know this is the reality. Families are breaking. People are uh, are corrupt, people are angry, people are bitter, uh, kids are not raised in a, in, in, in a godly manner, things are messed up. You, you have a choice to, to think and see life within that box, or you move and see life from the platform of Christ. It is your choice. Even when we pray, we have a choice whether we pray a dago kind of prayer, a shwele kind of prayer, or we pray a prophetic kind of prayer, which speaks into what needs to happen. We, we, can, we can be drowned into a Maya situation where we are just mourning, we are just, we are just crying, oh, 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 or we choose to be in a space where we say, yes, this is what we see, but we, we believe the report of the Lord. 
Yet it is true, people are suffering. They are suffering. But Christ has empowered us to transform society. Yes, I do not have all the riches and wealth, but I know that if I, if I take one step and start doing something, Christ will magnify it. If he was able to feed 5,000 people with two fish and, and, three, and three loaves of bread, then how, what, what, is, what is this mess compared to the magnitude of what he has done? So in other words, what we know and what we have seen should manifest when we are in a situation where we need to check whether the, how to, with, with the wrongs and the lies that are there, how do we build it? And I want us to look into the same chapter, moving further now uh, to, to verse 32. And then we'll just read onwards until we are done. Now we, 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 are, we, are, we are seeing here, David is sent by his father to send some, some, some sandwiches, some food for his brothers because they've been in battle all day long. The father didn't know that the brothers were doing nothing. They kept on running to and fro uh, from the battle line. There was no fighting. They were just being intimidated. And I don't even think they had appetite, but he thought maybe they are hungry. Sometimes the troubles that we encounter, that we see, that we observe, they steal our appetite for the things of God. Sometimes we, 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 we think maybe God wanted me just to be a good Christian and just be good and just be good for me. Because every time you try to reach out, you feel like your hands are being bent. Your fingers are getting bent. You try to help people, they mess it. Hmm? You try to love on people, they, they break your heart. You try to serve people, they, 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 don't, they don't recognize what you are doing. You try to be a good person, you try to cover people who are struggling, you, you try to lift people up, they, they, they pull you down. And your appetite starts to, to dwindle and you struggle. And you end up being like this person who says, no, I need, I need, I need a hot chutney. You remember the story of Old Chutney? Come on. I always share the story of a guy who went to the doctor to, to do an HIV test. He was all fine, all happy, yeah, on the queue, chatting. And then he got in, they did counseling, then they took the blood samples, and then the results came out, saying, no, HIV positive. The first thing, when he got home, he just went straight to the couch. <laughs> Bring me Old Chutney. I'm dying. That report changed his health. He thought he's dying. He thought he's dying now. He lost appetite. He wanted hot chutney right now because he couldn't eat. He said, please bring me macheu, bring me hot chutney, I'm dying. Sometimes the issues that we deal with in life, they cause us to be in that space where we just want macheu, hot chutney. Just, we, 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 just, we just seek. We just need, uh, we just, no, 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 I need a doctor. I need some antibiotics. I need what, what. Sometimes the problems and the issues that we see around us, they, they call us to flight. So these guys, they lost appetite. And then David is sent to bring the food. But David coming with the food, he observes something that is scary. He's saying to them, what is wrong? What is happening? Why is this guy, when, whenever he speaks, you run. Why is this guy insulting you and you keep running? And then they respond, no, he's a militant man, he's a mighty one, and stuff like that. And then he start asking, he start making a statement. And I want this statement to be our statement. He's making what I call a Zebulon statement. Say, don't worry about this Philistine. He's telling Saul, he says, no, I'll go fight him. Don't worry about these issues. We are able to confront them. Don't worry about... The, the, the news reports, the statistics. Don't worry about the scandals. We are able, we are capable. If you don't see that you are capable, he's, he's making it personal. I am capable. I will go and fight this man. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then this is the response. Sometimes when the truth is spoken, when the truth is exposed, the lies will even come from authority. We hear authority confirming the lie of the devil. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. How many times have we denied what God is saying in our hearts because we feel like we are too ridiculous? 
How many times have we disobeyed God because we feel we are so ridiculous? Our mind is telling us, don't be ridiculous. And then, there is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. There is no way every nation, Deben, you can deal with issues of Greyville and win. There is no way you can deal with issues of Deben and win. That's the voice of the devil. There is no way you can deal with immorality in your workplace and win. There is no way you can deal with people who are ungrateful and who are unrighteous around you and win. There is no way you can deal with principles of, of, of discipline and order and integrity in a corrupt business world. That's the lie of the devil. He's actually saying these things. You, you can't do it. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then we occupy our minds with the impossibilities that are set by the enemy. We forget that Jesus says, whatever is impossible with men is possible with God. So when these things come into our minds, and because we, we feel they come from a platform of authority and experience, we feel like, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was, I was dumb. I was foolish. That will not work. We even repent. Repent to God because we have had the lies of the enemy. The enemy reminds you, remember the last time you tried the same thing, what happened to you? Remember that when uh, you have a record. Remember that before Christ, when uh, you, were, you were a very aggressive person. What if this thing reopens aggression? <laughs> Remember that when I used to steal before Christ. So now you want to confront issues of integrity. What if there are people who know and remember what you used to do? So, the, in other words, the lie comes with something that sounds authentic. It sounds like it's practical because it, it's, it relates to you. It's like when people are, are giving a lie that looks like you. Have you ever been lied to? When people lie about you, but the lie looks identical to you. Eh? Is, is it only me who has had that privilege? Where people will lie about you, but the lie is so identical to you. It fits you perfectly. <laughs> Even your friends cannot defend you because the lie <laughs> looks like you. Wow. You are, such a, you are such Christians. You've never experienced that. Wow. I wish one day you will see it from somewhere. Don't experience it yourself. It's a painful thing. When, when you can see, okay, I have no way out here. I can't explain this. I can't even plead my case because this lie is so like me. <laughs> there is all evidence. So sometimes the devil will bring those things. They have all the evidence that it is impossible. If you look at David, he was a young boy. Goliath was a giant. Truly the evidence was there. There is no way in the carnal world, in the natural appearance of things, in the natural scheme of things, that you, as young as you are, inexperienced as you are, uh, incompetent in battle in our eyes, can fight this big demon. So, don't worry. You are too ridiculous. But this guy persisted. David persisted. He said, no, I have been taking care of my father's sheep. And goats. And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it and club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. What is this guy doing? In the face of the report of the enemy, in the face of lies, he takes a moment. He starts a testimony service. He starts a testimony service. He, he stops looking at big things. He forgets about Goliath. He started looking at things that happened in obscurity. He started looking at things that happened when there was no one. He remembers, hey, people were not around when I stopped smoking. People were not around. People were not around when, 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 when God turned my life around from being an immoral person to a person of integrity. People were not around when God dealt with my anger and bitterness. People were not, so he started, he started chanting things that people did not see, but what God was doing in his private space. 
Whenever we have to look into God changing our world, we must start by activating the testimony. If he was able to change me, what can stop him from changing the next person? He was able to cleanse me. What would stop him from cleansing the other person? If he was able to give me vision and direction for my life, what would stop him to do the same? If he was able to take a person, I always say, I was, I was a young, bitter person. I was an angry young boy. At the age of 14, I was ready to kill. But God rescued me. He came into my heart. He came into my life. He changed my direction. If he was able to do it to me, what will stop him to do to other young boys who are bitter, who are fatherless, who are angry? So whenever we feel like we are, we are, we are, we are not empowered, we are not sufficient, we, are, we cannot do it, look into your life. What has God done in your life? I'm glad that what Nikibi is doing at, at UKZN. He is doing something which, which is quite interesting. He's, he, he has a program which is called uh, Black Academic Excellence. <laughs> and let me tell you, why is it such a, a, a powerful thing? It's because he is saying, I am taking the journey I went through as a young black person in varsity who came from a background that didn't seem so glorious and so glamorous. I am bringing other people to say, I did it, you can do it. So in other words, that's the testimony of our lives. We start testifying with the things that we know. We live the things that we, we, we have read about. We look at what we know. If I cannot deal with people who are, who, are, who are on the streets because I don't know how to deal with them, but what about those who are angry and fatherless, who are going around and causing havoc? So if God rescued me, so that's my theft. So in other words, you start from the platform of your testimony. And then he continues to say... Uh, Yes, I have done both this with, with the lion, with the bear, and I will do the same with this Philistine. In other words, his confidence was activated. His faith was activated because of the testimony of what God has done in the past. The situation is still the same. It has not changed. But his mind and the mindset of those around him is beginning to change because he is looking at what God has been doing. That is why every time when we look at, even when we look at issues of racism in South Africa, we, 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 will, we will always be wrong when we look at it from the perspective of colonialization and apartheid. Let's look at it from the kingdom perspective. How many moves of God have been there? How many people, when things were still tough and dark, who were able to combine people of all races together and pray together and do stuff? The minute we start looking at those things, we can say it is possible. It is, so, as long as we look at it from the political perspective, from the lenses of politics, we'll, we'll be busy talking about who stole the land. And it doesn't look like we are able to, to solve that equation of who stole the land. Because when we thought we have found who stole the land, then the sun comes and they say, no, 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 by the way, you also stole the land. So, so, so it's an unresolvable issue. So the best way of dealing with it, what is the kingdom lens? What is the kingdom perspective of dealing with it? Yes, we do want the land. <laughs> yeah. So the Bible says, it continues to say, <laughs> he continues to say, no, the Lord who rescued me from all these things will rescue me from this Philistine, will rescue us from this Philistine. He doesn't change the fact that there is war that needs to happen. But how it should happen, it should not happen from the point of skill. It should happen from the point of knowledge of who God is and what God wants to do. And then the old people being old people, they say, okay, no, it's fine. This is a boy. Uh, he doesn't have a wife, doesn't have kids. So, okay, go for it. If he kills you, it's okay. You will be in the statistics. Leaders, they know. Sometimes you allow people when, when they come with ideas that we don't understand, and you can say, okay, you are trying to convince them how dangerous it is, and they say, no, 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 I'm going ahead. I have conviction. Sometimes, sometimes we need to be like Saul. Say, no, go for it. Whenever things don't work out, please come back. We'll always be there. We won't judge you. 
So I think Saul did a very good thing. He didn't see what David saw. He didn't believe what David was believing. But he said, okay, you seem very confident in this thing. You seem passionate. Go for it, champ. I think, I think he, he did a weigh in on him. Go for it, champ. Go for it, champ. You go, champ. <laughs> he encouraged him. And then the champ went for it. <laughs> so, and then, but he said something which was very powerful and profound. He said, may the Lord be with you. And then Saul gave him his armor. Sometimes when, when we want to deal with things, especially the older generation, they want to give the younger generation the armor. Especially when it comes to issues of how do we, how do we build integrity? How do we build strong families? Do you know what sometimes the older generation struggles how to speak to certain things because there was no social media? Sometimes we'll talk about, um, you come around the table, uh, you light the candle. Maybe the, the, the advice for now is that you come together, you switch off your phones. <laughs> so you can get a good advice, but it will lack maybe some details because uh, the armament is not the same. They come from an era where there was no phone, the, the house phone uh, would be put aside, there would be nothing ringing, but now the, the, the phone is in the pocket. Bzzz. <laughs> yeah, it's in the hand. Oh, not in the pocket. It's no longer cell, pocket phones, it's hand phones. Yeah. You remember, you remember during OI, oh, th- those who were, were attending the day sessions. The phones come even during the service. I remember uh, uh, there was one session where the phone rang during the service. And it was picked up, but it's for another day. <laughs> so they gave him their armament. He tried it on. He tried it on. It did not work for him. The principle that I learned from this one is that in dealing with issues... Sometimes, when, even when you have a fresh revelation of what needs to be done, you must be open to input of people who may have been running away from the problem. What, what David do, did here is that he respected Saul, even though Saul, with his armament, was not fit enough to go and fight Goliath. He took it in. In other words, when we are, about, when we are to change the things that are happening around, we need to respect people that have been there before us when they tell us that there is fire there you'll, your hands will, will get bent don't ignore them take some notes but remember the testimony when you talk about the testimony of what we know it doesn't mean we must be arrogant sometimes in changing things somebody will tell you what you look uh, I remember ish. okay found it I remember somebody uh, told me, look, you are so interested in, in transformation and nation building. Just be careful. A lot of transformational leaders or people who are involved in these things, they've fallen in the faith. That was like, ah, that's a discouragement. But let me tell you, noting that has opened my eyes. I am walking knowing that I am dealing with issues, but I know there is a fine line from moving to the extreme of, 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 of being a, a, a liberal theologist who will end up saying, no, actually praying is petitioning and toy-toying. So, so it's important to know where you are and who are the voices that are speaking. So, so David, with his great testimony, he listened to the voice of Saul. I'm trying to say, with your experience in the workplace, Whatever, wherever you are, whatever that you want to do, remember that there are people who have tried those things before. There are people who have done stuff before. It may not necessarily mean that God is saying use the same weapons, but receive from them. And, and, and if you can try some of those things, try them. If they don't work, do like David did. He came back to them and said, look, I see, I've tried it. I don't think I'm comfortable in it. It is good, it is strong, I feel protected, but I don't feel empowered to be on the offensive. I don't feel empowered to be able to to fight and defeat this. When I dealt with the bear and the lion, I didn't have this armament. 
when I dealt, when, when transformation took place in my life, these were not the tools. Sometimes we are good in transferring tools. <laughs> uh, huh? Like people who were studying, who were in high school in the, in the 80s and the 90s like ourselves. We like to tell the people who are in high school in 2017 to say, no, this is how I used to study. <laughs> Forgetting that some of us, we didn't have TV, we didn't have gadgets, there was no internet, there was no Wi-Fi. We would go uh, to the library, and, and, and normally we didn't even have libraries. It depends on the uh, skin color, normally. We didn't have, some of us didn't have even libraries, so we would go and, and really rely on storytelling, ask people, and stuff like that. We didn't even have cameras to take pictures. So when you talk about making a project, hey, the project was, was, a, was, was more like a, a, a comprehension or a composition or an essay. Uh, the pictures we didn't have, we'll draw the pictures, we'll draw the imagination. And then if you, your drawing skills are poor, you'll get less percentage in that project or in that assignment. So now we are in the days where everything is, is here. They can just browse and check, oh, what is the globe? Oh, okay, they put the globe there, they print it. So even in doing that, we must be careful. I'm talking to us now, our generation. We must be careful <laughs> that our input does not cripple the next generation. Some of the ideas they come with in solving problems is, is quite scary and weird and dangerous. But we must be able to gently work with people. Because God wants to bring a balance of times and seasons and action. And then he's saying, look, please may I take it off? And Saul says, okay, it's fine. Take it off. What do you have? How are you going to fight? He's saying, no, I have five smooth stones. Uh, He took them from the stream and then he had his sling. So he brought something which was new, which was different, which was unique. I believe... In this season, God is raising new things. God is awakening strategies that have never been seen before. God is, is, is bringing out within us as kingdom people strategies that have, have never worked in the business world. God is bringing stuff that has never worked in, 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 in education, in different sectors that we are in. God is using us. He's using you. He's using me to bring in something that people have never seen. Something that people don't understand. Something that doesn't make sense. Something that looks low and very weak. Come on. You are fighting a giant. You are bringing five stones. Not even, not, not even, not even maybe bricks. Cause, cause, cause I think if I was David, I was going to, to go the township route and get some bricks. Big ones. And then the first one will be to, to, to hit the head so that he will take out the helmet. And try and sort it out. The second one will be to, to, to try and, and get the nose, maybe so that it can bleed and get closer. The fourth one, maybe will be somewhere around the chest. Oh, but, but, so you see, my thinking would have been very that way, but his thinking was very unique. Five stones, very smooth, small. He looked into the guy, he said, okay, he has covered everything, but there is a spot that is not covered. If I miss it the first time, he will get closer. I may try and get it the second time. But by the third or the fourth time, I will get straight to him. So in other words, he was aware. He didn't come with one stone. He came with five stones. He was aware that in his attempts, he may not have the things that he wants to be done immediately. What does it teach us? We don't stop trying because the first time we have failed, the second time we have failed. We keep trying. We keep building. If we, we keep loving on people. We keep investing. We, 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 keep, we keep sacrificing because we, we believe that what God has given us, it is unique. Because it is unique, it will work. And then he started. So I, I think it was left-handed. So there is something unique with us left-handed people. We, we don't have a beef with right-handed people. You are too many. We are, there is few of us. So we are the unique breed. <laughs> we are the minority. You are the majority. Sometimes the minority is important. Amen. <laughs> so, and then the guy undermined his strategy. He's saying, am I a dog? 
that you come to me with a sling and stones? Am I a dog? And then I think the Philistines were even more louder. Would yeah, we are just winning. How is Tukingela in English? What is Tukingela? Yeah, it's a walkover. Yes, thank you, Mac. Hey, it's a walkover. We are celebrating. Yeah. And then he's saying, "Are you coming? Are you coming to? Am I a dog?" Sometimes the problems and the issues they 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 laugh at us. Let me let me say this, Bazalan. The minute we start praying for God to do something in our city, it seems like things are getting worse. I'm not sure if you have noticed. We pray for our nation. We pray for peace. We pray for, 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 for integration and racial tolerance. And then people are spreading videos of racism in every corner. We talk about, uh, we, we pray against women abuse and child abuse. Everyone launches new slogans. Hashtag men are trash. Others are launching what, what, what. There is chaos. Even people that you thought were kingdom people, they throw insults at each other. How? What is happening? We thought we were praying. We thought we were winning. Keep doing it. Huh? You, you pray for, for, for God to preserve teenagers in your neighborhood. All teenagers decide to get pregnant. Keep praying. You pray for God to change people's behavior in your workplace. They, they get worse. You pray for this cousin of yours who is struggling with drugs and stuff like that. The minute you start praying, it's like you are promoting him. You say, do more, do more, do more. Keep praying. Keep praying. Because every time there is light, darkness is exposed. But the Bible says, the more evil comes, the more the grace is increased. So the compassion must increase. The compassion must grow. When, when, when I'm pursuing somebody into the kingdom and they keep doing bad things, I don't run away. I love them even more because Christ loved us when we did not deserve it. So if we are Christ-like, we, we, we come to a stage where we pursue more. So this guy, he's insulted more. The, the sound is becoming bigger from the Philistine side. He's saying, I am not worried. I'm not even going to listen to that. He's saying, I am not fighting you because I hate you. I have no beef with you. But I am coming here in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven. In the Lord of the armies of Israel. I am coming to you in the name of the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. Who knows you. Who knows your weight. Who knows your weak points. And I am just going to hit you straight to your weak points. And I'm not, going to, I'm not going to remove your head using the sling. I'm going to use your sword to cut your head off. Sometimes the things that we are dealing with, we, our, our role is to action the presence of God. And the rest is within it. We, 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 it's like in our country, we don't need to change a lot of things. We just need the, the, the stone <laughs> in the right place. And everything is already there. The sword to cut off certain heads is there. Don't, don't think anything. <laughs> think what I've just said. <laughs> and then, he's saying, you come to me with a sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. The action that we need to do is the action of starting to speak and, and prepare and plan our victory move. It, the time to mourn is over. The time to complain about what has been happening is over. We must advance from salvation experience to a kingdom and transformational experience. We are saved, yes, we are, we are, we are cleansed by, by the grace of God. But the Bible says, we come in, we enter, and we find pasture. It is time to move on to other things. Salvation gives us eternal life. But before eternity, God wanted us to go into every person, into every nation, and make disciples of every nation. So the, best, the first model that we'll do is that we, we make it work in our connect groups. Everyone who is a believer, you must be connected to other believers. You can't claim to be a believer who wants to see change and you are a lone ranger. 
Can you turn to your neighbor? Neighbor? In the kingdom of God, we don't do long ranging. We, we, we work in teams. So, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. People who don't have people around them, who are believers, who pray with them, who disciple them, who keep them accountable, cannot be able to change the world. The process of David involved a lot of, of, of communication, of people who had a, a, a concern for his life, of people who were around him. If you are here, you are a believer. You love God so much. And you are part of this house. And you are not in a connect group. I want to tell you the good news. There is grace for you. Make it a point. This week, you find a connect group. If you really believe that God has placed you here, this is your home. Find a connect group. I'm not smiling. I can't smile when you don't have a connect group. Sam is not smiling when you don't have a connect group. Amen. It sounds like here, Pampali. So the first point of having victory over our environment, let us all be accountable. Accountability in this house starts through connect groups. Somebody must know how you live, where you live, what's happening in your world. You, we can't just see you in the newspapers and on TV, you're doing great things, and we don't even know how is your spiritual life. We don't even know whether you know how to pray. How is your marriage if you are married? Amen. Yeah. So that's the first part. The second part, we prioritize what God wants to do in our lives. We, we take ourselves serious. Eh? Remember, uh, there is something that Bishop Lambalamba said when he was here. He said, he said, there are things that you need to tell in your life that I don't recognize you. There are some behaviors, if you are to change the word, that you need to not recognize. This thing of being a lazy Christian, uh, of being a lazy person, we must stop recognizing laziness in our lives. Come on. Can you say laziness? I do not recognize you. So this guy said, look, I am not scared. I don't care whether I get defeated or what, but I trust God. I'm going there. I will fetch the stones and I will put my trick there. So in other words, you must do something in the kingdom. Do something with the kingdom mindset. Whether it be business, whatever you do, make sure that the kingdom of God manifests in that. And because the kingdom culture is not developed through, through good speaking and good words. It developed through constant discipleship. We are only able to change the world when we know what changes the world. The world is not changed by speeches. The world is changed by people who know Christ and they encounter Christ. They allow Christ to speak into every area of their lives. And then in whatever sphere they are in, they start infiltrating with the kingdom values. We, I, I love this. I love making this example. Sometimes as, as, as believers, not only in Durban, not only in South Africa. Internationally, sometimes we think as believers, the best way of impacting the world is coming with food parcels. They do help, but, 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 but they don't transform. What transforms people is the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. It doesn't start with food parcels. It doesn't start with the acts of justice. It doesn't start with all the activism. It starts with the love of Christ, the forgiveness of sin, the repentance. It's, that's where it starts. I, I, I've wasted a lot of my time trying to, to teach people godly principles until early this year where I felt a strong conviction that instead of spending your time trying to teach people godly principles who are not Christians, they learn the principles. They get stuck because their nature is still corrupt. Because Christ is not in their lives. They will be corrupt with good values. Have you ever seen good corrupt people? 
corrupt but very, very good. They, they, will, they will steal, but they will share. Like, like, like I was listening on this week. If you were on, on Facebook, there, there, there was somebody people were talking about. There was a thief from Umlaz who died. People were, were busy talking about this guy. No, yeah, 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 he was a thug, but hey, he was a nice thug. He had 20 kids that he gave bursaries to. He built houses for people. Hmm. So that's what happens when we, we, when we give good values to people without giving them Christ. They still believe what they're doing is fine as long as they share with other people. So I got convicted to say, spend most of your time discipling people who will then go and have influence in whatever sphere they are in and disciple other people. So our common ground is having faith in Christ, receiving him as our personal Lord and Savior, and and being discipled as we disciple others. Amen. I still, I still love my space that God has placed me in. I still speak into that space, but I speak knowing my purpose is to bring the kingdom of God, is to bring people into Christ so that they operate in that space effectively. Amen. Sure. So, how do we do that? We must start by shifting things within ourselves. We must crack that ground. We must move from that place. And we must come to the space where Nehemiah says, uh, let us come and build. If you read Nehemiah chapter 2, it was after chapter 1 where he was mourning about what is wrong. He started repenting. He prayed. But he said, look, praying is good. We have prayed. We have cried. But praying and crying is good. But it's time we move on from praying and crying to the platform of, of doing something. That is why I said in the beginning, let's, let's look at, at, at that chapter 11, verse 9. Uh, chapter 9-11, eh? Of 9-11. Yes, 9-11. It says, the race, let me read it. Ecclesiastes, hey, my Lord, yeah. Oh, 9-11. 9-11 says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. It's pouring. Time and chance happens to them all. So the biggest issue is that we all have opportunities that are placed by God for us to have an impact. Sometimes we miss them because we are waiting for a heavenly voice that will say, No! Here's the time. No. Time and opportunity to present the kingdom is always before us. Time and opportunity to build is always before us. How do you start? Chapter 2 of Nehemiah, verse 17 to 20. says, Come, let us build the wall, that we may no longer be the reproach, be a reproach. So the first thing is that we realize that if we do nothing, we are part of the problem. If we do nothing, we remain victims of the problem. So we move from being victims to being offensive. How are we becoming offensive? We start building something. The enemy will be angry. He will attack us. But I'd rather be attacked when I know that heaven is endorsing me than to remain comfortable when the hell is rejoicing that I'm doing nothing. One, 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 one writer said, many books and many solutions are in the graves because people were waiting for the right moment. People were scared. People were intimidated by their surroundings. They didn't do anything. They decided to go and die. Okay, not necessarily decided, but they ended up succumbing to death. So, and then we see him and said, I then told them of the hand of the Lord, which has been good upon me, and also the king's words that had spoken to me, saying to them, let us rise up and build. Then 
Then they set their hands to this good work. What did they do? They, so in other words, they made a commitment. They made a decision that I will not ignore what God is doing. I will not ignore what, what is happening around. I will rise up to the occasion and I will count myself in. What we are crying for as believers, what we are crying for, and what, God, what I believe God is crying for, is for people who are saying, I am not going to be a spectator. In the words of Philip Pretorius, we are not spectators, we are participators. <laughs> we must move from being spectators to participators. To participators. Amen. So, so, Nehemiah said, everyone committed to do something. Maybe some were just carrying the stones. Maybe some were watching and guarding that people who are carrying the stones are protected. Maybe some were busy preparing food for those who are carrying the stones. So in other words, in dealing with issues of our nation and our world, there is always room for every one of us to do stuff. You may not be in the front line, but you know who is in the front line. Maybe God has given you words of knowledge and words of empowerment. You can be a very good tool in encouraging those who are there. You know people in the church who are in business, who are facing the harshness of of the evil world every day. Maybe the best thing you can do is to start praying with them, is to start checking on them. How are they doing? You know people who are raising kids in the church. And you know the struggle that you went through in raising kids. And maybe before you go and, 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 and go to Mkumban to look for, for parents, maybe we should start m- mentoring those who are raising kids in our midst. You were once a student, and you know we've got three campuses here. Maybe you can start by giving some time to go and impact those students that are in the kingdom who may be struggling as you were struggling in your student days. So I'm trying to say, when we talk about changing the world, we are saying, let's translate what God has done into our lives and we start moving there. You'll be shocked. By the time we get into the unbelieving world, we'll go there as a strong unit because we we know how to take care of each other. What makes us lose a lot of battles as believers is that we, we... we, we, I don't know how do you call this thing. I'm trying to find an English word, but sing all to magute. Sing all to magute. Can I get a translation? I, I really. But, but, okay. Something, okay, an example is a generator. If you are using a, 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 a fuel generator, you don't put it inside the house. You put it far, but it activates what is happening inside. Some of us, we are, we are celebrated from afar. Some of us, we have an impact which is far. We, don't, we are not close. Even when we trip, people have to go far. We, yes, we live from afar, from reality. We live from afar from other people. Thank you, Smonel. Yeah. So, so in other words, we, we need to get, get closer. Get closer. Close rank. Close rank. The best way of rebuilding the fallen walls of our society is when one, as believers, we close rank. I remember one guy said, I, I will never hire believers in my business because believers are lazy. Let's talk about it. Believers are unreliable. Let's talk about it. Let's empower believers to be reliable and credible. How, how do you claim to be a believer who is not lazy, who is effective, who is influential, who is powerful, but you continue saying believers are lazy and they are around you and you are not empowering them? Jesus. I feel it sobs upon me. <laughs> and, and I just want to close. There is a quote which I've just tweaked. It says, one person with courage is a majority. And I say, one believer with faith and commitment is a majority. We don't need many things. We need, we need faith, 
We need, we need, we need commitment, and the rest will happen. And, and, and Shane Glenborn said something which is painful. I thought I would start with it, but I, I was like, what do you want this? But I felt God wanted to say to us. It says, I had come to see that the great tragedy in the church is not that the rich Christians do not care about the poor, but that the rich Christians do not know the poor. I, want, I, I wanted to tweak it to say, I think Christians do not know the poor. Not just rich Christians, Christians at large. And then says, I truly believe that when the rich meet the poor, riches will have no meaning. And when the rich meet the poor, we will see poverty come to an end. <laughs> this applies in many fronts. Some of the... We, if, if you have never seen angry people, if you, if you have never met anger, <laughs> you won't be able to deal with anger. If you have never met illness and sicknesses, you will never have compassion for people who are sick. Until you see something, until you understand something, you are able to address it. That, that was the heart of this. That most of the things that are there in the church, outside the church, in society, sometimes we are not addressing them because we feel they are too far from us. Or maybe they don't make sense. I pray for God to help us. Not, to, not for these things to make sense because we are part of them but for him to open our eyes, to see them, so that we confront them before they become part of our lives. And Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, the Bible says, God was calling, says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me, Lord. This morning, my cry and my desire is that we may individually say lord send me where you have placed me send me may i be an apostolic voice may i be a prophet of that place may i be the person who represents the kingdom of god may i be the person who represents all christians when people say christians uh, are evil and then when you say but i'm one of them they change their perspective of christians because you are there as a christian we, we can't tolerate all these statistics that keep on saying Christians are bad people when, when we are there and when we say, but I'm one of them, say, no, you are a different one. We must make it a norm. That people start taking us serious because we are allow God to send us where we are. Shall we rise as we pray? Lyndall, that was such a powerful word. I'm sure it spoke to every single one of us here today, didn't it? And um, something I've been meditating on and, and thinking about a lot is, is the, the word that God spoke to Joshua when he told him to be courageous and to be strong. And he gave him a call and he said, you're the one who's going to do this. You're the one who's going to lead the people that Moses was meant to lead. You're the one who's going to now champion this thing. And God's called each one of us to champion something. He's placed something in our heart that... As Lyndall's been preaching, it's begun to stir again. That prophetic calling, that prophetic unction, that, that thing that you've maybe put your hands to and then your hands have been weakened. And the, the encouragement is the same as what Joshua was encouraged with. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors. Be strong and very courageous. There it is again, reiteration. Be careful to obey the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning to the right or to the left. And then you will be successful in everything you do. Meditate on this book day and night. When we're embedded in the Word of God, this will be our, our, the steadfastness on which we're standing. This will be our encouragement. And it goes on and it says, be strong. This is the third time he's saying it. Be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid. And that's the charge I heard today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be the salt and the light. Don't be afraid to be the one who stands as the authentic Christian who lives according to the word of God. Don't be afraid when you see the difference between the rich and the poor. Don't be afraid to be the one that God called you to be. And that, the amazing thing is, 
it's, it's the only thing that he says here is that the Lord, your God, will go with you wherever you go. He didn't say that God will make you strong or God will make you to be courageous. He said God will be with you. But something needs to rise up within us that says, I will be courageous. I will be strong. I will not fear because God is with me. Not waiting for some incredible thing to happen that now I can go out. No, God is with me and I will overcome this fear. I will stand on his word and I will stand against everything that's trying to intimidate me and make me afraid. There's a part that we have to play. And that part is to rise up. It's to rise up on God's word. So can we just lift up our hands and lift up our hearts to God and say, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word that has stirred within us. We thank you for this word that has provoked us. We thank you for this word that has challenged us. And Lord, we, we say to ourselves, arise and be courageous and be bold. And we thank you that you're with us in that process. But we have to be the ones to rise up. We have to be the ones to meditate on your word day and night. We have to be the ones who say, this is God's word and I will obey it. There's a courage and a boldness that needs to come from within us. We are created in your image and in your likeness. And you are with us wherever we go. So we will not shrink back and we will not be afraid. Father, as we go from this place today, I pray that our hearts and our minds will be renewed, that we will be hearers and doers of the word. We will be sensitive to you. We will be empowered by you. And we will be strong and very courageous in all that faces us in the week to come. right now, God is just highlighting situations, opportunities, relationships, and his word is stirring within you, and you're feeling a little bit afraid to do what you know you need to do, or do what you think you need to do, or do what God's word is telling you to do, and right now, I want you to say to that thing, I will not be afraid. I will be bold and I will be very courageous for my God is with me. And let the meditation of your mouth be the proclamation in accordance with what God has said in his word. David was able to stand before Goliath because God's word was in him. God's truth was in him. And he wasn't bold and courageous in his own strength and ability alone, but in the fact that God was with him and God said he would be for him. So let boldness and courage arise in you right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.